He is an actor who has been in uh, so many movies. There are too, too many. I to know count. what happens to him. People just come up and yell lines at you, right? From what you've I would been imagine in. So. It's Clint Howard. And Landers saw. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chick, admittedly, you and I have been yelling it all week. Oh, yeah. That's true. People have been, they want me to say it. They don't really say it to me. They seem to get a kick out of wanting me to say it. So when I say Ann Landers suck, <laughs> and I really give it to See? him, I oh, give yeah. him the full oh, Monty. Yeah. Let's say, can we hear it, please? Like you did in the back seat of the, on the it's, Seinfeld yeah. show. Yeah. Ann Landers sucks. Yes. Yes. Well, now we, that will forever be on repeat. Yes. Clint Howard is our guest, along with uh, Kathleen Dunbar. And uh, Clint, uh, do you, have you seen every movie you've been in, or sometimes you just pass? No, I believe there's probably been things I haven't seen. But I've seen most of them. Okay. I've, I've seen little clips, or at least my scene. Yeah, because when when you look when looking you up, it's just this endless stream it's of TV so shows and movies. Of how many things you've been in? Yeah. Well, I've been really lucky, and I, I tell you what, I did really well when I was a child. And um, um, obviously the camera liked me, and I had a great mentor. My dad was a wonderful... The great Rance Howard. Yeah. Rance Howard's still alive. He's, in fact, he's getting ready to go work on a movie, and he's going he's gonna to turn 89 years old here pretty wow. soon. Oh, and my he's, he's working on a three-week movie, and he's number one on the call sheet. Wow. So, That's great. Yeah, no, he, but I tell you what, and this is something I realized about a year ago. Dad was always just this wonderful mentor. But Ron was a great example. My brother Ron Howard, five years older than me, it was like having a an older brother who was a baseball player or something. It's like, oh, I can do that. I can do what he does. So there was no competition, just an opportunity for him to show me what he was doing was very doable. So I, I had no fear. I never had any fear of acting. And then as, as a young man... I certainly made horrible mistakes that a much younger man makes. Um, and then needing to get kind of myself back on track and getting my career going, I worked in everything. There was only one film that I didn't do, and that was, because of the wardrobe, it was the Flintstones. Oh. Oh. Mm. There's no way I'm going to be one of Fred and Barney's bowling buddies because with that... <laughs> With that fur-lined leather bowling outfit, there is no way Clint is looking good. And so that actually is one of, there's been a couple of things, some have, uh, out of taste, but that was just pure vanity. I did not work in the original Flintstones. Gotcha. Oh. Is, is there a particular, uh, when people come up to you, do you try to gauge which one they're going to ask you about as they approach? You can kind of tell. It, it happens so fast. I get the Seinfeld. I, the Star Trek is something that you can kind of see the Trekkies. And if you can listen to a Trekkie for a couple of minutes, you can tell what level of Trekkie, whether they're like super geek or whether they just at one point watched the show. I um, the, the gentle Ben used to be... Not the bane of my existence, but, you know, hey, where's the bear? Is he double parked? Or, <laughs> right, right. Oh, Do you own the bear, or is the bear real? And I was like eight years old, and I'm looking at these people. 
are you an idiot? <laughs> Look at that. Is that a guy in a bear suit? I don't think so. Didn't the bear smell bad? <laughs> yes. He smelled bad. The bear smelled bad. The, I heard, ba- yeah. the, the bear ate prodigiously. Oh, I bet. He was a bear. F- you wanted him full. <laughs> he, yeah. yeah. Well, he was a vegetarian. Oh. Okay. Well, the Hollywood bear, yeah. <laughs> yeah of course. <laughs> Friends with Woody Harrelson. I am seeing in my mind the bear in a hot tub and sunglasses reading <laughs> reading his lines for the next day. Doing sides for the next day. Telling everybody Having he's a vegetarian. Having kale salad for lunch. Right, right. Oh, yeah, I know the Howards. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right, yeah. He, um, no, what they did the very first time that I was introduced to the bear, actually there were three bears, um, was they threw in a fresh piece of meat, a raw steak. And Bruno went over and smelled it, didn't have any interest in it. They threw in a box of donuts, and Bruno ate the donuts, like, within seconds. (laughs) Along with that came instructions that this particular bear, although it will eat meat if it has to, the way we have trained it with, not trained it, the way we've raised it, it, it looks at you not as a meal, as a source of a meal, you know, where you can bring him donuts or that's how they got the bear to follow me is they would put a cookie in my pocket or if they wanted the bear to kiss me, they would put a lifesaver in my mouth. Yeah. Oh, that could go wrong. The second trip down to the doctor's office to get the shot, I, you know, I had... The bear ate my face. <laughs> It was a wonderful experience, and getting to hang out with with my dad because he worked on the show. He played Henry Boomhauer. He was Dennis's um, sidekick in the show. And a small anecdotal thing is Dennis Weaver introduced my mom and dad to each other at the University of Oklahoma. Oh, oh, very nice. Yeah, they were there, and and Dennis was a senior doing like advanced work, meaning getting a job as a teacher, mm-hmm. and he was doing a film of uh, scene study class. And my mom and and um, dad were both freshmen. And Dennis paired him up. All right. And the rest is history. We're talking with Clint Howard, and uh, he's part of the famous horror hound gathering. You're not a big horror movie buff yourself? Just in in a lot of them. I'm I'm in a a lot of them. I honestly wouldn't choose to go. The Exorcist was, to me, one of the all-time great movies that has ever been done. But I wouldn't say I'm a horror fan. Um, I love it. And I'll tell you what, I went to the horror hounds in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It's a real small, fun, family-oriented collection of, of, of people. And they so impressed me with their, oh, enthusiasm towards the horror um, genre that, I don't know, I just felt like that eventually I was going to come and, and be in another horror hound, and I was. And, listen, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. One thing about the horror movie is I was doing... Uh, an audition for a sitcom, classic Mary Tyler Moore-like sitcom. And I had gotten the job. And one of the well-heeled executive writers was looking at me, and he goes, I I just saw you in something. It was ticks. (laughs) And I had to remind him, it's the insect, not the mammary gland. (laughs) (laughs) And... and, But I was feeling very confident. And this guy goes, yeah, you were in ticks. And I, I went... Why? Why did you watch it? (laughs) And he gave the most succinct answer. He said, you know, horror films are a little like Mexican food. It's not the greatest thing in the world for you, but it's spicy, and every once in a while, you want to have one. (laughs) So every once in a while, him and his wife would queue up 
a horror film. Yeah. And I felt like that is the greatest, you know, analogy, the greatest greatest way to describe horror. I think if you watch horror all the time, um, you got to screw loose. Josh, you want to take this? <laughs> I, I am a big horror fan, but but as you guys know, I watch all movies. I watch all kinds of movies, so I'm not necessarily in that class of people that Clint's talking about. Is this a democracy? Do we get to vote? No. Oh, God, no. No, no God, I don't believe in democracy. No, We've already no. established that. We've got a couple of heads in here that have a lot of skin on them. One would be mine. The other would belong to Clint Howard, actor. Uh, you probably... Was your first gig uh, <laughs> the Andy Griffith show? You didn't talk on the show, though. You just handed out candy or something. 1961 <laughs> in December. Wow. Was, I, I saw my first setup. I have a tax return from 1961. Oh, oh my cool. God, that's hilarious. <laughs> 67 bucks I made. All right. Wow. And they taxed me. Wow. What wow. does a kid pay taxes? It was like 17 bucks. Wow. Yeah. No, yeah. they nailed me pretty good. For sure. <laughs> and then the next year I had an agent. I started motoring along working pretty good. I was like, you know, three, four years old and I was cooking along. I wow. had an agent. You've been going ever since. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Clint, no, I'm a child it, of uh, the 80s and uh, you couldn't walk into any video store without seeing Ice Cream Man on the shelf. Oh, um, Lord. Would oh, you say yeah. that might be one of your more famous <laughs> <laughs> photos of you? Or if you haven't seen it, he plays an evil ice cream man. But the, the cover of it, he's holding an ice cream cone that's filled with entrails, I suppose, eyeballs. And eyeballs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, well, there's a sequence in the picture where I believe it's Lee Majors Jr. enjoys a nice eyeball <laughs> with his ice cream. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, there th it is. This is a really full-on... This was a full-on rude kind of movie, Ice Cream Man. Mm -hmm. Let me see, Christy. And well, actually, that, that's a that's a that's a toned down. Oh, cover there's there. a yeah. different one. The 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 director, a guy named Norman Epstein, who happened to be a prolific pornographic filmmaker, Paul mm. Norman, back in the day. Um, we we've remained friends, and and the idea of doing a sequel has always kind of come to mind. And I wouldn't be the Ice Cream Man anymore. I'd be the you know the evil uh, the evil voice that sits in the ice cream man's head or something yeah. <laughs> but we went to a screening of the picture oh my God. in a faraway place um long way outside of los angeles and it was funky and about halfway through the screening norman leaned over to me and said we're not doing a sequel <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of sensed why, and then afterwards he told me, he goes, you know what, if we do a sequel, if it's really good, that means people are going to come back and watch this one. <laughs> and there's no way, there is no way, I, I would pay big money to not have people watch that picture. And Norman felt the same way. I mean, listen, that's being a little facetious. We have a pretty good idea for a sequel, but let's just let that one lay. Gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm looking at the other poster where yeah. the eyeball is on there, and uh, yeah. you have uh, the maniacal uh, look on your face. What? Kind of a smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listen. That's one thing that it's kind of my bread and butter is that evil eyeball stare that sends people screaming into the night. Yeah. Now, are, are you in every one of your brother Ron Howard's movies? Oh no, there's been a lot. Actually, um, the one that stopped the streak was. Um, Oh, Ransom. And then I wasn't in Beautiful Mind, and I wasn't in any of the Da Vinci Code movies. Did that hurt your feelings? Um, can I say it pisses me off? Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> sure. 
Your honesty is wonderful and refreshing. Yes. <laughs> because if you were your brother, you'd put him in your movies. Well, to a point. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a real quick question. If Let's just say there's a, uh, this is kind of a Hitchcock story here, but let's just say he, he took a still photograph of you and put it like on a shelf in a, some random scene in the Da Vinci Code and people would have to really be looking for it to see it. Would you as an actor have to get paid for being in the movie? Um, yes. Just, your likeness just, is your likeness is just on a bookshelf or something. If I believe that it comes down basically as simple as if your trademarked presence is being used to make money, then you they need to get clearance from you. Now, listen, Ron has a trademark. Cheryl, Ron's wife, has been in every movie that he's ever done. Now, I there was there's been lots that I haven't been in. And some of it was recently he's been making movies over in Europe. And he just can't really afford to bring an actor, you know. Especially, listen, nowadays they are cutting, even people like Ron, they are cutting the cost of movies down to the bone. Yes. Mm. So it's it's rare that he has the opportunity to bring an actor um, to America. He always wants to work with me. He just, we just had the opportunity to sort of rendezvous again. And it, it's fun. Listen, I remember Ron when he was, you know, 15 years old and I was 10, and he desperately wanted to be a filmmaker. And I just remember that drive that he had. And he wasn't screwing around. It wasn't like something that he could do on the side. It wasn't something that he... He was going to fully pot commit to being a film director. Wow. And I watched him. And, you know, listen, people don't remember this. He was Opie. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine going through adolescence Ugh. and puberty? Nope. High school, basketball playing on the other team's gym floor when the game is tied and you're shooting free throws, what do you think the cheerleaders are cheering? Mm -hmm. well, I've seen the interview with him, Dopey Opie. Right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had this intestinal fortitude that it didn't show because he's, he looks like Ron Howard. I mean, you know, he looks like Opie, for crying out loud. His son, <laughs> his son looked like Opie. He couldn't help it. Um, but I'll tell you what, he had this intestinal fortitude that I think you know, to this day drives him. I mean, not like a maniacal man, but, um, oh, you know, he likes to get his pound back. Did, did he call you when you weren't going to be, when the streak was going to be over? Did he call you and say, hey, uh, by the way, Clint, I'm working on this film. There's not really a spot for you. And Why like, are you at, like, asking him these At Thanksgiving. Yeah, you say at Thanksgiving. Was an uh, awkward Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. So, did you Ron, say, I hear you're making a new movie. Hey, I guess my invitation hey, is hey, supposed hey, to be Hey, Ron, Ron, pass the potatoes <laughs> like you passed me up. <laughs> for a beautiful you mind, you son of a bitch. You're your turkey like you're eating my heart out. <laughs> I have a little more taste than you have. <laughs> Clearly. Where's your shot? <laughs> no, I'll tell you what. He did, and it was Ransom. And it was just the fact that they were shooting in New York, and there really wasn't anything in it for me. He didn't feel like it was right for me to just to be FBI guy number four. And um, I agreed with him. Listen, he's always been the chief, and I've been an Indian. And he's the director having to make decisions. Now, if I can help him, if I think I can help him, I'm going to lobby but if he says, no, you just can't really help me out on this, I mean, I can still be irritated. And my mom always used to say, <clears throat> I had kind of a Teflon psyche growing up. I would let things bother me for a couple of days, and then it would just kind of roll off, and I would carry on. And there's been actually worse than getting that first conversation with Ron where he said, I don't think there's anything in it for me. 
because I knew eventually I was going to be, I was not going to be in some of his movies. It's when I felt like I had a pretty good part in a picture that he was making that they didn't want to hire me for. That irritates me because first and foremost, I love him. He's my brother, but I'm an actor and I'm competitive and they don't see me playing that part. Are they frigging idiots? <laughs> right, right. You know, so that's the one that I held on to a little more than... When, uh, uh, when you're going through it, like you're, you're turning the TV and if you're blasting through the channels, what movie of yours do you actually stop and watch for a while? Is there one where you go, oh, God, this is, this is actually really great. I really want to see this one. Apollo 13. Oh, I love yep. that movie. I was going to get Over that. and over and yes. over. Absolutely. I, I will stop and watch yep. just because it's so well constructed. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure. Listen, some some movies, like if Gung Ho came on, yeah. I would watch it for entertainment value and to see the faces and, and, and see kind of the way the thing is. But to me, Apollo 13 holds up like Apocalypse Now or Raging Bull. It's just one of those things that just doesn't hardly have a false beat in the picture. Yeah. So no. that's my favorite. We're talking with Clint Howard, by the way. And hey, uh, I kind of caught part of a conversation off the air. You guys were talking about music, and you're a big Cheap Trick fan. And as we are, they've been in the studio playing for us. Uh, you were in a band? Oh, yeah. What, was, were they, what were they called? We were Clint Howard and the Kempsters. And we played in the like... The Kempsters? Kempsters. K-E-M-P-S-T-E-R-S. Huh. It's a British slang expression for Kempsters. a w warrior. Oh. I lived on Kemp Street. That's why we were called the Kempsters. Oh, okay. We practiced in the living room. Oh, I bet Mom liked that. Well, Mom wasn't around there. The neighbors didn't like it. Uh. I, I was the first guy in my kind of set of friends that had a house. And so it was like the Burbank Youth Center. Okay. We had the monitors <laughs> set up in the living room. We dressed aside the dining room table. Oh, sure. The drums were right there. Were you the singer? Yes, I was the front man. Did you write the songs? Yes. Any titles have come to mind? Billy with a clear head. Um, I, I like that. Was this a uh, was this of the Billy punk of the, the punk genre? The punk new pop, <laughs> uh, not pop punk. Uh, Left-handed boy in a right-handed world. I don't care nothing. I don't care nothing. That's about me hitting a note there. It's mm -hmm. not the best idea. I don't kill nothing. What was no, that? I don't care. I don't care, man. I don't care nothing. Okay, so we've got some grammar issues. Oh, Left-handed boy. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Time out. Is this man going to talk to me about grammar? Oh, yes. 30 years. Yeah. I've yeah. produced many albums. I, uh... Do you have a red pen that you go oh, yeah. around? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right here. It's an, it's an audio uh, red yeah, pen. Yeah. I'll tell you, we, I was very lucky. We had a group, a great bunch of guys and uh, one of our guitar players kept an archives and it was all on tape and the, we would show up and do shows at Madame Wong's or HJ's or Bit of New York and and he would just put his Sony I guess I can say that it's an old archaic mm -hmm. product uh, the Walkman the mm -hmm. stereo sure. Walkman oh, yeah. on a cocktail table just in the room and most of the time, the mix would be really bad. But in a couple of cases, the mix was not bad. And we did a handful of little demo recordings and things. And I put the complicate, uh, compli compilation, compilation. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, together and uh, made a couple of CDs. And now I can listen to it, and it's fun. And oh. th there, are a few of them are out there. I'm surprised you were you were Leon on the Andy Griffith show. You probably should have gone with Kings of Leon. 
Oh, as a name instead of that Kempster, whatever the hell that Every was. God, you know, it. where was he when we needed a manager? <laughs> He'd hold the ice cream up on the Andy Griffith show. Never had any the uh, mad scientist hairdo uh, would be being worn by Clint Howard right now, I think it's safe to say. Isn't that pretty much a mad scientist hairdo? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I keep playing parts. I keep getting these roles of being hermits. And so you should have seen me a couple of weeks ago. I had a beard that was sort of like... Was it yours or was it pasted on? No, no, it was mine. I can grow one pretty good. Um, cool. it, it's just a matter of... I've wanted to have my hair cut and cleaned up now for about four or five years, but, you know, I guess I'm playing the psycho now. I'm having a second, <laughs> a second cycle of psychos going on and i'm doing it so yeah you do you do have that look of the uh, the chemistry teacher that went bad uh, but but went, went really bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh clint howard is our guest chick mcgee's of course over at the bob and Tom sports where else would i be um do you uh, in, in terms of real friends actual buddies that are you're really close to are there any f uh, famous actors that you're really good friends with uh yeah <laughs> They're good people. There you go. It's a yes or no question. Yeah. No, I, yes, I have. There are a couple of guys that that I've just chemistry remain friends. Um, we won't, don't see each other all the time, but when we do see each other, there's you know it doesn't matter who we are, what we've done, who our brothers are, who our sisters are, whatever. It's just camaraderie and. Uh, Listen, most of my friends are not show business people. Most of my, um, most people I hang out with, I mean, one guy does payroll for a production company, but it's, I played high school baseball with him. Hmm. You know, it's a uh, show business. You know, there's a competition involved in whether, even if it's just actor to writer or wardrobe person to, to uh, director, there's kind of a competition that show business doesn't really make for great friendships. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it does in some circles. At, at least with me, it's really not. Yeah, I can't think of anyone in radio I can stand. <laughs> there you go. Just kidding. Little, little, little joke there. We're in radio. What the hell? Clint, have you ever written? Have you ever written a movie? Uh, yes, I have. I've written a couple things. I've I've written a couple things that have been aired. There was a TV movie I wrote a long time ago. Um, there was a pilot for a TV series that got shot. I wrote a spec script for a film that I would really like to do called Where's Little Louie um, that is part, not autobiographical, but it's about a former child actor who kind of ends up being more like Carl from Sling Blade. Um, and that, that would fall into the horror genre. That's something that if there was anything I was going to do in the next three or four years that would be me making a signature on the business, it would be directing and and acting in this little movie called Where's Little Louie? Hmm. And it's just, it's a, it's a quirky thing, and a friend of mine who's no longer with us, he originally concocted the idea, and I worked with him until he got cancer and died, and then I carried the ball for a while, and, and uh, then the thing kind of fell apart. But I'm still uh, the right age to play the guy, so... I'd like, and so it. is Little Louie the child actor who... Little Louie, two-time... Emmy-winning child actor. His real name was Lonnie Morgan, which, of course, wasn't his real name. Mm -hmm. His real name was Leonard. And and now w when he got kicked in the head by a horse when uh, he was 12 or 13 years old, um, he basically got show business kicked out of him. And he, he got stymied, so to speak. And he lost, also lost an eye. 
So he went back to his Christian name, which is Leonard, and he just gets left alone for a long time. And the fact is, is he should be left alone because ah, we do not want Leonard taken out in the spotlight. Gotcha. And so anyway, there's it, it's a pretty interesting idea. I've got a lot of good response from it. Um, I enjoy writing. For a long time, I didn't. I didn't like spending time in my own head. And I don't know, maybe I just have gotten crustier and more used to myself, but... Your hair felt the same way. <laughs> I Whoa, look who's throwing stones! Yeah. Well, God knows, wow. you're an Adonis. There's yeah. no yeah. doubt about it. You and your hair, my God. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you talk to people that... I want, I want Clint to have... wonder Clint Howard won't come back? Is that right? I wanted him to have some fun. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. Did he say something about me being bald? Yeah, Because I kind of tune him out. Yeah, I, <laughs> you're, you're doing the right thing. You just said you didn't want to spend any time in your head, much like my hair. Oh, I that? see. Is that a better yeah. way to say I it? I see. So the same thing you could say about your eyebrows? Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I see. Are they gone now? I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I'll tell you what. I would love to direct. I also know it is a young person's job. When you're directing a movie, you've got somebody tapping you on the shoulder about 18 hours a day. And in pre-production, that can be, you know, for months. And it just, it can tire you out. And the one thing I like about acting is they give you a dressing room, and when you're not working, you can go take a nap. I don't think I've ever seen a director take a nap. Oh. Yeah, we like, like naps. naps. Yeah. 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 I love naps. So you know what? I like the trailer. In fact, I did a commercial. I did a, a show not that long ago. It was down in Nashville. And my dressing room had a faux fireplace in it. Oh, nice. yeah. And it had a raised oh, mine bowl. Mine had five. <laughs> it, it had a raised bowl for the sink in the oh, toilet. Fancy. high-end trailer. Yeah. Nashville. Wow. Faux fireplace. Clint, yeah. I don't know if you uh, caught that or not, but you said you had a faux fireplace, and Tom said he had five fireplaces. <laughs> Oh, he's a sharp one. <laughs> funny, funny time. 